Welcome to Metal Sessions. This is your host and Forge Master, G-Metal! And I hope all of you had a great New Year's, New Year's Eve. We're back to 2021, and we're in a new year, new time. It won't be as bad as 2020. We got a vaccine. We got everything. We are ready for a new start, a new beginning. But what's the best part about it? G-Metal is coming in to New Year's strong. And strong is strong. We are ready for everything and anything. You know, ready for the punches. Because we've we've really taken a lot of punches. Us as a world has taken a lot of punches on the economy. uh, Personal. Being next to someone. It's going to be crazy, right? Listen, this year I plan to move out eventually. It's going to be bomb when I do. And everything's going to be epic on that point. As I just can't wait for it. You know, G-Metal's here and is going to keep it going. This year I have a lot of nice things planned. A lot of things that will happen over time. And you know, just pushing out everything I can go. I do plan to do a bunch of other stuff besides my main three. My main three are this. Burn points. Burn points are super important because they're my fun cinematic breakdown of everything, right? They're my intellectual kind. Metal sessions. What we do now. Come and talk the talk. You talk, I talk, we all talk. You know, I hope to have guests on this, on this podcast. It'd be fun to have other people's voices and opinions, whether that be over... The internet or in person. We'll find out how COVID goes, but you know, we'll be there. We'll be strong and we're going to push on everything, right? Um, And the third one that I really want to push, once I get the right equipment in the way and I know the editing process, it's going to be Burning Metal Tales. It's going to be a 1930s radio drama style show. What's going to be fun, multiple stories, scary, sad, heroic, every kind of story. I just can't wait for any of everything like that to go down. We're going to have a great time. Just overall, we're just going to be able to push and push. And I think we'll be there, right? I think by the end of the year, I have all three of those mastered. Uh, What I do plan to do is add in more music-related stuff. Because I'm a music listener. I don't make music. Right? I want, I want that to be heard. I'm a music listener. But I adore music. Music is what makes visual media really, really good. And I want to get more into the points of music on the side of storytelling. Right? About how something works in the story compared to something else. There's going to be lots of things to be said... A burn point will be made on it. Metal sessions will continue on it. But that's just, you know, some of the future plans I have. Now let's jump into the actual topic of today's episode. Which was actually supposed to be my last metal sessions. But because it was New Year's, Christmas, and all that, I had, you know, I had to address that. I forgot about it, honestly. My creative process doesn't factor in holidays. It's great. (laughs) But we're talking about characters their importance, and why we have them. And the big thing is, 
characters, right? So characters. My favorite DC comic book hero, or anti-hero, whatever you want to call him, is Red Hood. But I immensely respect Batman and his Bat family. I have great respect for Superman. I'm not a giant Superman fan, but Superman's character is super important to highlight Batman and Wonder Woman's character in such a good way that you never have to push hard, right? You never have to push hard or, you know, have to make their character overall one way and tell you, but Superman's character helps, right? So all good things need maturing and fundamental counter counterfoils, right? A foil. Where Batman's dark and brooding, Superman's lighthearted and fun. Positive. Uplifting. It's a great it's a great feeling. But with characters, why do they matter to us? They are the avatars to the story that we enter into any story. Even when you tell your own story, you're you as a person are a character of this story. You're telling the story. You're the narrator, yes, but you're also the character. And you're trying to get them to understand your point of view by telling them the details. So characters are super important. And what I found in, especially 2020, of all this pent-up aggression and anger and so on and so forth, I found uh, trans, not translation, uh, maybe translation, whatever. Translation of these characters is so drastic, I feel bad for these bigger companies. Think about it. I just want you to think about the whole th- the whole spiel. My view on Red Hood is one way, but other people's could be drastically different. Or Tim Drake, or Jason Todd, or even Batman. His relationship to other characters is drastically different. So let me go. Let me go on to Nightwing. Nightwing, Dick Grayson, great character. I am of the belief that his best relationship, because he's a relationship type of superhero, is Starfire. One. He, it was like, for comic books, it was a sexual awakening of a young hero molded into a, a man through life experiences in a positive way, right? It was a comic book hero finally growing up into a person that we can kind of all see ourselves in. As when we, when we all read Robin, not Grayson, he was a child, right? And as we grew up, he grew up. It was a great feeling. And in all that, it was just, you know... We got to see him grow. Relationships for him were very much an important factor. And I really do find that his Starfire relationship is, above all, the best relationship. I understand everyone who says the Barbara Gordon one. But I really think um, Bruce Tim or the animated series crew. I forgot like the guy's name off tops. Maybe it's Bruce Tim. Has destroyed that for me. It's really creepy. I'm not going to get into details of it. But his interpretation of Barbara Gordon. Yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not down for that. And I don't think anyone really is but him. Honestly, I gotta say it's only him. But that kind of took away from Barbara Gordon and enough other people there, but it's just never the same as Starfire. And honestly, they haven't really been together for a while. They're just more friends than anything else. And I still think that relationship is the best for Nightwing. Interpretations, right? So big thing about characters is, Modern characters, I've made episodes in Burnpoint about the problem with the modern hero and so on and so forth. But modern characters that succeed are simple. They're actually quite simple. Guys love them. They're funny. And, or brooding. Funny or brooding. And women 
want them to be real, want them to be caring, and so do guys, actually. But here's the thing. The way guys express emotions, the way women express emotions, are actually quite, in my opinion, the same. Just with guys, we tend to do it in the back, back, background, right? We'll be on a phone call with our best friend, having a rough day, and for two seconds, for two seconds, we'll release that, I love you, man. And that's it. That's all we'll do. And expressing of that emotion. Now, of course, when you make a story, everything pushes to like a 20 out of 10, right? So I love you, man, will probably be like something more extreme and dramatic. But more or less, everyone feels a certain type of way. What I do find is will be a controversial topic here. So roll with me. I'm just trying to say my opinion here. (laughs) Is female characters. Because I really try to... Because I'm a writer, and I'm not great with female characters. I'm going to tell you that right now. The, I'm, I'm a, I grew up a dude. I grew up next to a lot of guys in my whole life. I never really had a female friend, so to speak. And when I, I had only like one or two of them, and when I did, I was, I want to say naive, but more so, I treated them like guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I treated them like guys. I didn't treat them any differently. When I had a female friend, it was like, What's up, dude? Right? So, cracking the code for the female character will make you the next great writer. Because for men, it's easy. Make them attractive. So men can aspire to them, and women can want to be with them. Right? Um, Make them reliable and dependable, so guys can feel like they're living out of fantasy in the story. Women want to feel protected. And so on and so forth. So, like, it's it's more traditional of guys. I have to say it's way more traditional with guys than it is with girls. With girls or women, or the female character is always difficult. Because even to this day, people have issues with Star Wars fans, right? So everyone knows Anakin, Luke, Han, Vader, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, Yoda. Like, if you like Kid Fisto, Kid Fisto. He's a, he's a good character. He, he's done some really good things if you read into lore. Um, Kid Fisto, all these characters. And for female characters, yes, there's not as many in Star Wars. There's, if you like Padme, Leia, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, um, uh, is, is, um, I don't know her name off tops. She's in the Mandalorian, she's like, kind of like his, she's kind of like the partner to Mando, for a little bit. Played by Gina Carano. Um, her, forget her name off tops, sorry. Um... And there's a couple Mandalorian female characters. Then, oh yeah, for males, also Boba Fett. Um, you know, and there's more female characters there. And recently I just seen TikTok where I see this one opinion, but this one opinion does resonate with a lot of people. Well, many people feel like man babies don't like female characters. And if they do, it takes them a long ass time to get there. So what do I mean by that? Like, Ahsoka was not liked in the beginning. Because she was young. She was a teenager. She was very, very Anakin-like in episode two, right? So in episode two, Anakin, Anakin was annoying. But it was Anakin Skywalker who would eventually become Darth Vader. So we knew where he was going. And when Ahsoka came in, I kind of feel like the fans are just always like, anyone who isn't the main character, or we like, or love, can't be annoying. They have to be stoic, cool, or something like that. And I think all characters fall into that. 
But whenever a female character gets hate, it's always amplified by a thousand. And I think that's true, honestly. Um, from supporters to haters. Because the internet is a mean, mean place, guys. You just can't have an opinion and expect the world to be okay with your opinion. Or, okay, Glenn, you can have your opinion. I have mine. Nah, nah, nah. They need to go extra with your with their opinion. And then once you call them out on it, right? And it happens to me too. Don't get me wrong. To get attention, people have to say some crazy opinions. Like, the opinion could be, I don't like Ahsoka. That's the opinion. The actual opinion for the person. But your online statement is, Ahsoka is a trash character that never should have been made. Okay. Extreme. I've done it. I'm pretty sure you've done it. And we've all done it. It's the internet. It's a mean place. And... This only leads to a bunch of bad stuff. And I don't really know if that's good or if that's bad. And I want to say it's good because we all get to say our opinions, but bad because we're being irresponsible with our opinions, I think. And also, I also blame the social media sites for limiting our characters to really short things. Like, if you're trying to make a, a basketball point, or at one point I was in on the WWE debate. The problem was, I couldn't say my entire point in one statement, so I had to break them apart, and then the way they were scattered within the chat didn't make any sense at all. So one, it made me look dumb. Two, the person I'm trying to make the point isn't taking me serious anymore, so even when I made my point, it just didn't work out. Yeah, I'm blaming the guy either, so... It's whatever at that point. But my, my bigger points here are this. Characters, debating, and all this were mean. We will defend our very character. Even if it means making sure the other person feels like crap. Like total, utter dog crap. And honestly, we're all toxic fans on our, on our own way. And we'll all defend ourselves. We'll say, I'm a true Star Wars fan. I love my Star Wars fans. And in other ways, we'll be like, you just don't understand. Well, allowing new people to like something for a different reason than you do is a totally different thing. Listen, it's hilarious when you like a character, but you like them for totally separate reasons, right? It's kind of weird, but kind of cool. And talking about those differences will always be kind of fun. <laughs> so... For someone like me, oh god, yeah, that's New York for you. Ambulances. If you don't hear this, that means in post production I got lucky and got rid of it. But if you hear some of it, yeah, this is New York. Ambulances and cop cars all day like this. You never know where they're actually going, but it happens. So actually, back to the topic at hand. <laughs> I got a distracted. So characters and fans, we connect with the story through characters, right? Went on a tangent. So we would defend our characters to the bitter end, right? We're warriors in that sense. We'll be like, yeah, my favorite character is Anakin. You may call him this or that or that, but his character is a great character. And it had tells me this, and it helped me in this. And here's the bigger part about characters. If you love characters, a character... 
from a book, a TV show, a movie, or of listening to your parents' stories, listening to them how they grow and how they talk about themselves. And those are your, like, characters, right? That's what matters. That's how it affects you. And as fans in 2021, I feel like we should all grow to be less toxic. Stop sounding defensive. Stop sounding like we're out for blood when we're just trying to make a simple opinion, right? I got to work on that for sure as a fan. So when I do make my points, my points are more respected. And I don't sound like a bitter, angry person. But I'm not really worried about what people think. More so than fan to fan. That's what, like, outside people, outside the fan base don't matter. It's the inside the fan base that matters. You don't, you want to be able to bond over stars. Not be mad at each other over one idea that you don't agree with. And I feel then we will start appreciating better storytelling once we're not so hung up on the meaning of everything, right? Because what's happening in story today? In story in general, the idea of representation comes in, right? And I think it's a great idea, right? The only issue is companies are hiring low, low um, experienced writers who cannot write to save their lives. Um, people who write for one medium transfer over to another and doesn't really work that way, right? And then what happens? The, the comic or book or, some, or something comes out and the fan base can't get behind it because one, artistically, is terrible. The writing's bad. And some of these... And the only redeeming quality of this is it's a female character in the lead. Or a minority character. And a friend of mine and me always talk about the importance of these kind of stories, right? I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, and when I see a Hispanic character... Um... When I see a Hispanic character, yeah. If they're done right, I can get behind them. If they're not, I just ignore them, honestly. Like, I appreciate when they get a good Hispanic character or characters in the story where it doesn't feel like it's bad or really poorly written. Because then it just makes me think, can we not have good Hispanic characters? Are we doomed to have these dumb writers keep on writing for us? And yeah. I think, ultimately, that's a big put. Now, here's a bigger thing, too, as well. When it comes to representation, I've heard a lot of arguments where maybe minorities don't have enough experience to write the best character, but we we have to let them stumble into it, right? And I don't have an issue with that statement, only if we can all agree that the stories aren't 100% great. And that me not buying their books or whatever story they do isn't against the representation list. That's my point. Because just like everything else, failure is the best way to rise up. No one ever succeeded the first time. And the worst thing I want to see is, in 20 years from now, someone who hasn't really learned from their mistakes start writing stories and quote-unquote being a great writer and they're not. Because then we're just perpetuating bad writing. And I don't like that. So, I don't know. A big thing for me will always be, let us support um, our writers who do bring in representation. 
but also understand in life, our life, because we're minorities of some kind, right? These characters still have to be universally loved to be as big as Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, all these things, right? So race bending Batman for two sec for two for two months isn't gonna help you. Now it could be a good story. There could be good stories down the line that oh man, we were wrong. So let's see. But but race bending Batman for two months shouldn't be your big play. Your big play should be once this person becomes Batman, who isn't white. What does his story differ? What does what does his story differ? Right. And I really do believe, at the end of the day, once we solve that, like, once we solve these things, I think we'll finally get somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Representation's important, but don't make that the most important thing in the story. Trust me, there's a lot of things I grew up loving that only I loved, and a, and a small number of people loved. But you know what? It worked for me. And those stories will influence me to make better stories. We don't have to prop up everyone in hopes and defense of the representation. We just need to push the right writers when they get there. When they show up. It's just like everyone else. Pay your dues. No one just got to the top. No one just said one day, I'm the top guy. Come at me. Because it's skill and talent that keeps you to the top. If we perpetuate people to the top and they're not talented... It will show. And, oh, there it is again. But ultimately, let us perpetuate the top to people with talent. And we can't be mad at people who can't relate to stories and expect a universal character like Batman to become now a niche character with uh, this one corner story, right? Because Batman's a universal character. Let me tell you what Batman's character's about. Simple. Fights crime. Bruce Wayne Batman fights crime. He is way more devoted to his fight, his crime fighting than anything else. He's super rich and sad because he lost his parents and he can't get over it. He has a fragile mind that's consistently holding him back from potentially doing something more. But it's just his fragile mind will always hold him to a standard that he has to live up to. It's kind of like, yeah, he has weaknesses, but now he's trying to strengthen his weaknesses with positive stuff like duty, honor, respect, no killing, right? I understand a lot of people don't like that from Batman. So whenever someone takes up the mantle of Batman, you have to fall in that barrier. And people will never get that. If you're not a real Batman fan, this is my this is, this may sound a little toxic, but if you're not a real Batman fan, that's what makes Batman for me. That's my interpretation of it, right? That is just the interpretation that I've always taken from Batman. These things are what make Batman. That's why I don't believe Nightwing, Red Hood, Tim Drake, or even Damien. None of those guys can ever truly be a functional Batman. Why? Because all of them have different views on all of those point of views. Dick Grayson does not want to be Batman his entire life. He does not love the, ju- the pursuit of justice over happiness and joy and progression of life. 
Jason Todd kills people. Big, big, big red flag. And on top of that, he will go where people won't go. Because he knows people won't do it, and he could. Three, Tim Drake. Tim Drake's too intelligent to fall into that moment of, if I do this, I can't do this. No, 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 no. Tim Drake's a little smarter than that. Tim Drake's way smarter than that, and he knows that he can do it if he has to. But he won't do it unless he doesn't have to. But there's an, there, there is a possibility he will. And Damien, his blood son, right? <laughs> his conception is very controversial, but his blood son. Raised to be an assassin, never can live out of his dad's shadow, and is consistently trying to improve his dad's crusade. Once he realizes the crusade, he just quit as Robin because his crusade as Batman it's a scared child trying to fix what he couldn't fix when it when his parents died. And Damian Wayne just found out about that part of it now. He now knows he cannot perfect something that was never there. It's a broken man's dream of pursuing justice in one way. And Batman is fear. Batman is justice. But Batman is a child. Very childlike in positive and negative ways. Childlike, like in, um, it's very childlike in the sense that when he pushes, he pushes hard, right? He knows what he wants to do, but he doesn't know what he doesn't want to do sometimes. He'll go hard at something, he'll, and he'll be one-tracked mind on it. But also, when it comes to a, a certain point, he'll just stop. Whereas maybe Damien, Dick, and all these people would have done something totally different and more correct for the situation. But because Batman's Batman, Batman has to do it his one way. Batman has to fight, has to question everything. Batman has to do these things that are considered as flaws. Because, come on, he's a billionaire who runs a city, who pretty much runs the city and could fix it with all his money in time. If he could kick out all crime. And really good, because look at what the Joker did with his money. Controlled the city, controlled every gang, and voila! He was the the one who ruled Gotham in the Joker Wars. When that money was taken, people would turn on the Joker, whatever. But even in dystopian futures, Batman took over the city. In more harsh ways, like a more fascist government style. So, there's cracks in his character, and he knows it. And he's consistently fighting against those cracks. And he won't take extra steps because he has those cracks that once he passes those, he doesn't believe he can come back from those. Whereas Dick, Damien, Jason, and Tim do not have those cracks. Right? They have different cracks, yes, but they don't have those cracks. And they feel more at home with doing something out of their character than Batman does because Batman's just scared of what he would become. I know, right? Talking about Star Wars, Batman, and all this crazy stuff. Nah, but okay. So, I've talked about the characters and how we mean them. But a big part is, how do they mean to us, personally speaking? Because through Batman, Batman's become a major inspiration. Jason, Dick, and all of them. Because they're men with a fractured past, yes. But have bettered themselves in despite of their fractured past. Right? Whether you think of their trauma as good or bad trauma, whether you had worse or less, they have fought their own trauma, bettered themselves as much as they could, 
and are still learning to become better and better. What's a more perfection version of Batman? A man who finally can put down the crusade and trust others to do it for more of the time. When he he can come in and out, but he he has to learn how to let go of the crusade. Right? But even though these imperfect people struggle, they enhance themselves. That's why the Bat Family speaks to me as a fan. Because I myself am a very imperfect person and have to struggle and fight with these feelings I have all the time about my own insecurities. And these characters help me get through that. And I'm sure just like everyone else, they may agree with me in some way and disagree with me in others. So for characters, guys, I think we all love them. We all, we all cherish them. I can't wait to be able to discuss characters in a more healthy way. And we'll get there. We will get there. 2020 was just a special year. Honestly, let me be honest with you. 2020 was a special year. But we were locked up inside. We really couldn't do what we wanted. It was the first time when we felt like financial pressure. And we couldn't just act. Right? I couldn't walk out and do my stress walk I normally do or anything like that, right? We were self-contained, so we're like bubbling bombs waiting to go off. And how did we do it? Well, for me, in the nerd culture, we would argue and disrespect each other over what characters we liked and what our favorite wrestling shows were and how we interpret each character and why we liked each character and how female versus male characters, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't change the way we feel about these characters because they're our personal choices and if we just talk it out move it in the right direction make sure we do control what we say i'm i said that one statement where if you're not a true batman fan or whatever that probably wouldn't piss people off but we're not trying to push that narrative anymore we're trying to push the narrative of let's talk out what makes these characters great and you know, the big thing is, these companies want to know. They don't know anymore. Like, a big thing I found out was, okay, so SNL, I know these aren't characters, but SNL stopped doing pop culture references because no longer do we have the television set and everyone watched television set and they saw the ratings of certain television shows. We're on streaming sites. Watching stuff. Different stuff. Nobody knows what's popping anymore. So SNL doesn't want to take the risk of making a Queen's Gambit skit in the people who watch it aren't watching SNL. So what do they do? They go to politics, right? And so on and so forth. No one knows what anyone likes anymore and why they like it. We think we know. Like, I'm sure if I were to make my ideal Batman story, I might have some fans, but I don't think... I'd be able to push it as well as the best writers of Batman. I'm not going to lie to you. The Snyder one on Batman was was epic. Was epic as well. Let's just say it was so epic, right? And I think that's the best part. That when you get that good writer, the one that truly understands how the character truly is meant to be, but also knows how to interpret the character for everyone else, I think that's the best time. And overall, we all love the characters. So let's try to be less toxic in 2021. Um, we have so much time and effort, and I fully expect that once we're outside, it'll be way more healthy. We'll have way more healthy conversations about this, and we'll be able to 
handle other people's opinions better because we're not locked up with everyone. But overall, love you guys listening to this podcast. If you did, it's the best feeling. And we all will have a better 2021. Think positive. I have my own goals and sets. I'm going to work out. I'm going to read more books. I'm going to learn Japanese, guys. And I'm a, why? Because I'm a, I'm a part-time weeb, so I've got to learn Japanese. Become a full-time weeb. Um, I'm going to enhance my podcasting skills so I can, listen, by end of 2021, I'm going to have 50,000 different shows. Someone's going to like something I put out there. And I'm, and I'm going to put it out there and, you're, and people are going to love it. So guess what? I'm ready for that. I'm ready to learn what pushes. And at the end of the day, listen, man. We all there. We all have goals. Kind of said mine in a staticky way, but I'm really happy that everyone who listens to this listens to this. This is also shot on Adobe Audition, so definitely gonna be a new editing way. So if it doesn't sound the same as the first two episodes, that's why. Learning a whole new editing software system. Um, yeah. Overall, really excited. Really amped to push all these new ventures out there. Personal best. I'm going to do more book clubs. <laughs> this is a side note. Book clubs are great. <laughs> it, it, it betters your mind, okay? I grew up, didn't like reading that much books. But when I did read books, it was a great experience. Read more books, guys. Join a book club, something you like. Whether that be a business book, a self-help book, um... A marketing book or just a fun book. I don't know. The Alchemist. Or Ready Player One. Or books like that as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking of doing a book about comic books. Just so I can read more comic books. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, that's the show. Metal Sessions on his third one. We are rocking it on. And we're in the show. 2021 started. So should we. Push what she can. What you can't control, don't be upset about it. Just push through what you can. Um, I definitely need to do the same thing because jobs need to come for me. And I need to make more money so I can make more shows like this for you guys. And better shows of better caliber. So maybe we can talk more about other stuff that I'm interested in. Because I have a, a plethora of interests. I just only talk about the stuff that I can talk about now. I'm trying to focus on... Smaller stuff, but stuff I can grow out. Storytelling, enhancing podcasting. I'm going to put out a guide, a guide of how to podcast. So I'm hoping I can help out people to be able to jump into it without, with less fear and more knowledge, right? Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Rock on. Stay metal. Just live your back... Live your best rock star style. Don't listen to people when they tell you negative stuff and everything. Just go out there, rock on, and be your best self. Stay metal.